Impartiality is almost a lost word. We all want equality. We all want justice for all. But the world around us can't seem to fight impartiality without showing partiality. Why can't the world around us fight racism without showing racism? Why do so many people end up fighting injustice in ways that are incredibly unjust? As usual, we are looking for the answers to these questions from Scripture. So join our conversation as we talk about how a follower of Jesus Christ can rise above the anger and the hostility that we see in our world and live their life for the glory of God. Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor of Doxa Church, and I have two friends at the table with me today. First of all, Becca Sen. Hey, everyone. How are you today, Becca? I'm doing great. Good. It's been a good good. day. I enjoyed it feeling a little more like fall this morning. Oh, yeah. Really nice weather. And coming off a birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday yesterday, so it was a great day. Yeah, so good, so good. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, I'm sure as well. And we also have Steve with us. Hello, Steve. Hey, David. Steve, how how has your life been? How's how are you and Lynn? Hey, David, that's like a loaded question. <laughs> yeah. This is this has been a, a pretty radical week, um, but God's in it, and we can see the way through. Yes. Oh, man. I'm so glad you're joining us, Steve. It's just good to have you. If anybody doesn't know Steve yet, you talk to him once and you just recognize that he's a man of God, knows the word, and he's just really a light. So I'm excited to talk with Steve. We're really excited to have you on the podcast this season. And I know we met you in the intro episode, but now we really get to dive deep today with a very important topic that we see in the headlines uh, quite often right now. Uh, we don't see a lot of positives when it comes to this. And the truth is, Christians have the answers. We have Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. we are going to be looking at the Word today. So I'm going to hand it off to you, Steve. Thanks, David. Um, I'll do my best to to chat about it. Um, I guess I'll start off with a little personal story. Um, a few years back, I was, I was working on an electric car project back in South Africa, and I was working away from home at the time, away for a week at a time, and then I'd travel back on a Friday. Mm. And this one particular Friday, um, I was filling up with gas at the station. There was a man that was at the station, and he was speaking in Afrikaans, which is one of the languages back in South Africa, and he was saying, Hanada, Hanada, Xmirko, Hanada, which basically means mercy, mercy, please show me mercy. Mm. Um, and I took one look at him and I knew this guy, yeah, he was rough. He'd been on the street for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you know anything about me, I've got one, one of the quirks that I've got is, <laughs> man, you know, I've got the sensitive nose. I can smell something from a mile away. <laughs> and anyway, oh, no. so. Uh, Little yeah, ripe on this, yeah, on this yeah. gentleman. Yeah. So anyway, this, this guy comes to my car window and I can smell, you know, he's, he's probably been drinking a bit mm-hmm. and um, he's definitely urinated in his pants and it's, it's just, Ooh. it's not good. But there's something about him. There's an urgency in his voice, which, you know, I've, I've already judged him. I've kind of almost written him off, um, but mm-hmm. I feel the Holy Spirit's saying, listen to him. 
Mm. And I was saying, Lord, really, now? Um, <laughs> so, so what he wanted was to get a lift to a place which was about 10 miles away. Um, and so I'm thinking of my car seat. It's just been cleaned. And this guy's going to be sitting on my car seat. Yeah, it's, it's so, never a convenient time, mm-hmm. is it? No, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I take him on this journey for um, about 10 miles to this, this place where he's staying. And as he gets out the car, he turns around and he smiles at me. And in perfect English, he says, may the Lord bless you for your heart. Hmm. And, and it hit me that, yeah, you know, I, I don't even know if this was a man or an angel, but I definitely know it was a test from God. Hmm. Wow. And, you know, in the flesh, we have certain preferences and um, um, partialities. Um, mm-hmm. But in the spirit, like every human life is valuable. And, right. you know, if it was a person that was well-dressed and well-mannered, I probably would have had no hesitation taking them. But it's mm-hmm. amazing how easily partiality comes in. So anyway, mm-hmm. let's, let's turn to the Bible and, and um, look at some, some ideas um, as to um, partiality, impartiality, and um, what the Bible has to say, say about that. And when David first proposed the topic, I, I kind of thought, yeah, but you know, surely God does show some partiality. <laughs> you know, if you read, if you mm-hmm. read through Scripture, you quickly get an idea. Um, it says, like, you know, God loved Jacob and he hated Esau, and uh, mm-hmm. mm. both Abraham and Moses were called God's friend, and David was called a man after God's own heart. And mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the Apostle John was the the Apostle that um, was said that Jesus loved him. You know, kind of. Absolutely. So it seemed as, almost as if there was maybe a bit of partiality there. But when you really think about it, those are relational things. Um, Mm -hmm. And when when the Bible speaks about impartiality or partiality, it's often with reference to judgment um, and and what is justice. And so we we need to look at um, what the Bible says, both Old Testament and New Testament. And there are so many examples, it's difficult to pick them all out. There are. (laughs) Um, But before we dive into that, it's probably useful to look at, well, what is impartiality? So, you know, it's an English word that um, it's a concept that um, an impartial person is someone that's fair, they're equitable, they're unprejudiced, they're unbiased, and they're objective. So to be impartial in any situation is basically to act free of favor to any party, you know, if you're weighing up an issue. Um, and that's so much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I think it's easy to do that from a distance, but when it involves your space, your peace, your, sure. your home, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a For different sure. situation. We like to take ownership of those things, you know? Yeah. So it, it's probably useful also to look at um, what the Vines Expository Dictionary on the New Testament says concerning this word partiality, which is the opposite of impartiality. Um, it's, it's, basically speaks of it as a fault or a sin um, of the one who, when you're responsible to give judgment, you give respect to the position, the rank, the popularity, the circumstance of men instead of their intrinsic condition. Um, Mm -hmm. So, for instance, you might prefer a rich person or a powerful person or something that's familiar to you or your Mm -hmm. value system. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, I think this is important to establish this too because a lot of times people will get lost with this topic even going into it because they think, well, I, I can make a judgment call. I see I would never – this guy has this attitude or this guy has this character trait and I would never hire him. Mm-hmm. Like that's not what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Talking well, about the heart here. Yeah. 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 you making, value as a human being, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely a value thing. And I, I think many of us have biases. We you know we have ingrained things which mm-hmm. um, are are culturally part of us, and often we don't see them. They're, they're often like blind spots. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but, you know, when the Bible speaks about um, impartiality and this this whole idea of um, justice and judging, the Apostle Paul reminds us in, in 1 Corinthians um, 6 verse 3, he says, Do you not know 
that we will judge angels. Why not ordinary matters? And so he's really addressing the church. You know, there, there's some times where we need to weigh things, we need to um, make decisions, and they need to be done um, in a godly way. Mm-hmm. So, so this is where it comes in. So Paul's not talking about being critical, um, you know, in, in, in that sense. Um, he's really speaking about what is the nature of God? What is the heart of God when, mm. when it comes to making a judgment or um, weighing an issue? And so probably the first place to look at Old Testament, um, Leviticus 19.15, it's written, You must not deal unjustly in judgment. You must neither show partiality to the poor nor honor the rich. You must judge your fellow citizen fairly. And man, if there was a word for the nation at this point in time, that's probably it right there. (laughs) For real. Um, And Deuteronomy 10.17 says this, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow, and he loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, Mm. love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And so we kind of see this picture immediately painted that, Mm. um, you know, God doesn't, he wants wants the thing to be totally fair, unbiased. Mm. For me, one of the most striking examples of impartiality is from Joshua. And I'll pick it up in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. Um, This is Joshua just sitting before um, Jericho. um, And it says this, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or for our enemies? And so he said, No. And some translations say, Neither. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And so Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped. And he said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And it's an incredibly powerful picture because Joshua represents the people of God. He's the chosen generation. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. the leader. And and this astounding answer, I'm not even on your side. You know, <laughs> It's like we need to align ourselves with God. Mm. And you look at what happened in Jericho. Not only did Israel prevail, uh-huh. but the uh, Rahab basically became part of the lineage of Jesus. You know? right. So part of the enemy camp that were willing to join the commander of the army of the Lord now have an opportunity to walk in mm-hmm. salvation. Amen. So, yeah, so the Lord truly does not show favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw that even just, just recently in James. You know, you, you see God, um, the, way, the way he looks at Abraham and Rahab, two very different backgrounds, very different people, but God is looking at their faith mm-hmm. and they are equal. They, they are both one in in their faith in God. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. When it comes to salvation, there's some really strong indications that God is particularly impartial Impartial. in terms of (laughs) who he considers a good candidate for salvation. (laughs) When you look in Acts chapter 10, you can actually read it for yourself, verses 34 to 48, but I'll pick it up in verse 34. It says, Then Peter opened his mouth, and he said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him for there is no partiality with God and so the whole context there is um, you know this is the Gentile believers coming to faith the Holy yeah. Spirit's poured out on them and and Peter's astounded he's like God I thought it was just for the Jews you know and <laughs> that so, was a big hurdle for the Jews to get. Yeah. yeah so when it comes to salvation we see definitely um, there is no partiality um, on God's side 
Amen. Um, There are many other passages, and I'm not going to quote them all. Um, Romans chapter 10, verse 12 says, There's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord Mm. of all is rich to all who call upon him. Mm. So that's the famous passage, you know, where it says, If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, um, you will be saved. And and so um, there's no distinction. It's it's got to do with attitude of heart. David did an excellent teaching on James, and so he covered the whole James chapter mm-hmm. two. You know, somebody that was walks, such a good message. You know, somebody walks into your church, rich man. Yeah, <laughs> do you say, "Well, I see a tithe here. Let's um, put him in the front seat." Or, <laughs> you know, if he's a poor man, smelly maybe, and like not so presentable. Um, mm-hmm. Do you treat him differently? And yeah. so the truth is, you know, the Lord's blood paid for both their lives. Mm-hmm. And so, you Amen. know, in terms of value, um, the Lord values them both. So, I, I would say. There's some things that we can pick out there when it comes to impartiality. Uh, I would say biblical impartiality specifically tied to no partiality in judgment, especially in civil affairs, Mm -hmm. no partiality in salvation, Mm -hmm. no partiality in value of a believer in the Mm -hmm. church Mm -hmm. based on outward uh, appearance Mm -hmm. or our own personal preferences. Mm -hmm. So I think those are key areas that um, impartiality – or to be a factor or, or to be part of the makeup of a believer in how we practice our faith. Thank you, Steve. So yeah, that's, I mean, this is an area that a lot of times people don't even think of this as a big deal. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of Christians just. I think brush we don't over notice it. that we're even doing it half the time, you know, because mm-hmm. it's kind of a, you have to look inward enough to see that you're actually even doing it. Oh, I just treated that person differently than that one, you know? It's true. You have to yeah. kind of be thinking almost about it sometimes. You, you can often see it in churches, um, you know, so so I'll, I'll call them multicultural churches. Mm-hmm. Um, are we displaying the culture of where we've come from mm-hmm. or the culture of the kingdom? And if we are being partial and not practicing impartiality, everyone will tend to look like us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, right. As opposed to diverse, because yeah. the Lord says, from every tongue, tribe, and nation, right. you know, Amen. these are the ones who will stand before. And the you Lord. know, the cool thing is, the unbelieving world is supposed to literally look at us and think, how do these people love each other? They shouldn't. They, it doesn't make sense. It, it's because of Jesus. Obviously, we know that, but it's it shouldn't totally make sense when you look at it. And I love that. I love that we're just we're a family. Of God, yeah, and it doesn't make a sense apart from Jesus. Like I probably wouldn't be friends with some of these people if it weren't <laughs> for the fact that we both love Jesus, and I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and not only friends, we genuinely love one Absolutely. another. Right, it's the evidence that we are followers of Christ. Right. So when I think about this topic, I immediately think about how much we kind of like to put people in a box. You know, have you ever caught yourself doing that when you meet someone, you kind of instantly check, check, check in your brain and maybe think, oh, these are the things I have in common with them or whatever. And you kind of end up judging externally from a few things in a conversation and you kind of stick them in a certain box where either you're going to maybe avoid them a little more or maybe <laughs> not, you know, and you, you, we tend to do that. I just feel like we, you were saying this too, Steve, that it's really, we're really kidding ourselves if we say that we don't ever practice impartiality. If we just think, Oh, I don't really do that. Um, I'm sorry, partiality. I, I just think it's such an overarching human 
thing. Partiality is ingrained into our culture and into ourselves just as sinful humans. So again, I think we have to kind of consciously fight it all the time. You know, we, we just naturally like the cool, successful, you know, pretty wealthy person, like you were saying. (laughs) And I know for me, I noticed this a lot in the business world, actually, when I worked for my boss, we did a lot of different things, but for a time we were in these conferences that we would go to with a lot of investors. And we did a lot with startup companies and it was just really interesting. You could walk into a room and just notice everyone sizing you up or sizing each other up based on the size of their company, how much money they had. And I mean, a lot of these people were very, very wealthy people, you know, and it was just interesting. My, my boss and I had a lot of conversations about it because I was in several weird categories where I was just yeah. an assistant, you know, I was <laughs> <Yeah>. a woman, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> obviously didn't have that wealth aspect. And we just, had some you can feel combos. it when you just like get you know looked over. Like oh, they, yeah. they meet you and they are immediately looking over your shoulder and ready. Their to go eyes on to gloss the over. Person. Okay, yeah, I can't right. talk to you. I don't have time for you. What is, what is your name again? <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, can you go get me a drink? Thank you. You know, and you just it's just all over the place in the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think every teenage movie is about. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, the, the pretty people get the homecoming crowns, you know? Oh yeah. So there's so many examples of it, but I think the cool thing about Christianity is that it's always been countercultural. It's always been different. And impartiality is as countercultural as you can actually get. Yeah. yeah. And I just think it's, I mean, number one, like you were saying too, it's amazing that God looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the outward appearance. And I was just studying this actually in Kings for our women's Bible study. When you look at the example of Saul and David and just God rejected Saul, you know, the people picked Saul because he was tall of stature. He was mm-hmm. handsome. He looked like the King that they thought they wanted and obedience is better than sacrifice. God rejected Saul, chose David man after his own heart. But David at that time was this little shepherd boy, you know? And I think of so many of those examples you were saying, Rahab, I think of Paul was a, you know, a killer of Christians for Mm -hmm. one. Peter was a fisherman. Well, all of the disciples really were kind of a ragtag group of misfits, you know, (laughs) you think (laughs) about the group that that was and how awesome it is. There was a lot of diversity in that group. There was, you know, the tax collector you had. Right. You had the zealot, you had the fisherman, the fisherman crew, couple couple right. different, you know, yeah. cliques over there, but but they all they all came together with Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's true. And they went and spread the message of the gospel and set the world on fire, you know? Yeah. So it's always encouraging, I think, to think through that as a Christian that, you know, we've always been on the out and out. We're we're the pilgrims, we're the we're the misfits in a sense. We're not necessarily looked at as <laughs> the cool kids, you know, mm-hmm. and God uses us. God uses the weak things. God uses the humble, you know, number one. And yeah. The and he can use us. Yeah. Right. You see that in James too. Like he's like, Look, right. why, why are you trying to, you know, bow down and impress this, these rich people when they're the ones who are persecuting you and taking mm-hmm. you to court? Like, right. Yeah. And we talked about this, like Christianity is always, yeah always been that like the people who know they're desperate they know they they need 
their life completely changed. Yeah. Those are the first people to come to Jesus Christ. Right. And you know, too, from Romans, I've always been so interested in actually the thought of disparity. And I think you were saying this too, Steve. God doesn't always seem to be completely impartial when he's giving gifts or he's, you know, choosing people or whatever. He is in, obviously, in our standing and our worth, our value intrinsically, you know, as image bearers and and as bought by the blood of Christ. But it's easy to look at that and be like, okay, well, why do I have this and this person doesn't and, and vice versa? This person has this and I don't. And we get yow about that, <laughs> for lack of a better term, you know? Mm-hmm. But the verse in Romans that says, why would the rock say to the creator, why have you made me like this? Mm-hmm. And yet again, it's all God and he can use, he can use anyone. He can use who he wants. But I thought David's message too just was so, so good and set us up so well. And actually I think anyone listening to this podcast should probably jump over there and listen to that <laughs> message too. Um, but when he was talking through just when you dishonor the weak, you disregard God's grace towards you. Mm-hmm. You know, Christianity's always bottom up. I mm-hmm. love, love that. Yeah. Um, but I think Christianity is in a lot of danger of disunity right now. And I actually think partiality is right at the heart of that. You know, I look around right now and I see a ton of, I'm a more, you know, enlightened and thoughtful Christian than you. I'm better because I think this and you're worse because you don't agree with me. And, and it could be on anywhere in the spectrum we're, we're seeing that. Have you guys noticed that? Well, I I think the simplest way of putting that in context is count the number of churches in a city. You know, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. when you look in the Bible, New Testament, it seemed like there was one church per city, but mm-hmm. now we have like a hundred churches per city, and mm-hmm. they're all divided on tiny things instead of the major things. You know, right. Jesus died for us. Yeah, That's a good you know, point. we were buried with him. He's he's risen again. You know, mm-hmm. and so we have so much in common, and yet we look for the differences. You know, right. Yeah. And thinking through this, I think we have to just constantly go to the foot of the cross for the fix. Right. You know, our standing, our worth being, you know, finished, being complete in Jesus. He loves us all the same. He died for all of us equally. You know, he, he died for me. He died for you. He died for the man in your car seat that smelled, you know, (laughs) he died for us all the same. And we can't perform to achieve anything, to gain standing, to gain love, to gain status. We have that in Jesus. We have all that we need in Jesus. So I just wanted to kind of leave us with a practical side of this and look at a couple one another's because that for me always just helps, helps get me to, okay, I might be different than this person. I can show them grace and I'm actually commanded to love them, mm-hmm. <laughs> love them more than myself. And here's the practical parts of it, you know? So po- a couple positive commands, Romans twelve ten, honor one another above yourselves. Romans 15, seven, accept one another. Ephesians five twenty one and first Peter five, five, submit to one another. Philippians two, three, consider others better than yourselves. Don't know of another better verse than to get to impartiality (laughs) consider someone better than, than me. Philippians two, four, look to the interests of one another. Colossians three, 13, bear with one another. 
And then negative commands, stop passing judgment on one another, Romans 14, 13. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, you'll be destroyed by each other, Galatians 5, 15. Um, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other, Galatians 5, 26. Do not slander one another, James 4, 11. Don't grumble against each other, James 5, 9. And we do all of this because we are, in a real sense, members of one another, Romans 12, 5, Ephesians 4, 25. Um, yes. Yeah. Sure. Let's listen back up. Yeah. Love, love is really the answer here. Like the love that we get from Jesus Christ is, is what's motivating us to do this. Thanks so much. So I'd like to start out on a little bit different track here, but when it comes to living a life of impartiality in a world filled with partial people, I think we do ourselves a favor when we step back and try to just see where the enemy is coming from on Mm. this, the enemy's tactics. Mm -hmm. Satan always wants to do the opposite of the character of God. He wants us to live out the exact opposite of his nature. And When we learn the character of God from scripture, we see that he values unity. He desires us to be one. We've already talked about this and, you know, we've talked about this tonight. Ben, Brooke and I, we talked on the Docs Dialogue last week about biblical equality and how it's not the same as the world's watered down definition of equality, Mm. but God loves everyone the same. We all have equal value in his eyes. He's the same themes that work with, with this topic of partiality. Some people are more gifted than others. That's okay. God gives us all different, varying, unique traits and personalities. he, He has a plan for all of us. Mm -hmm. So going back to love, which is the motivation of this, God wants us to love our neighbors as we would love ourselves. God wants us also to strive for unity. We've, we've heard verses about this and, and that's not going to be easy. You know, it's the fact that you just have to strive for it means it's not going to always be maintained (laughs) um, by doing nothing. It means sometimes we're going to actually have to work at it. Do all that lies in you to be at (laughs) peace with all men. Yes. Um, and then, you know, you see here what we've already seen in the one another's and the, in the, in the look at Jesus Christ, like we should be lifting up those who are down around us. So all of these character traits, reflection of God's character, God's glory are what we're called to do. And they're all the exact opposite that our enemy tempts us to do and that we see the people in the world doing around us with partiality. When I, I think one of the biggest examples I see of it right now that I just want to maybe highlight for a second so that we can wrap our mind around how we can be different. I see so many people shouting, you know, the the BLM Inc. And they, they see injustice and their response to, mm. you know, what they see as police brutality. Their response is let's defund the police and let's go after the police. And you hear, all, you know, there's so mm-hmm. many riots in the streets and nasty mm-hmm. things being said about the men and women who who are sacrificing to, to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. Um, not saying that every police officer is great. There are bad police officers, just like Mm -hmm. there's bad people in every facet of life. And there's, Mm -hmm. there's some things that we can put into, to bring some reform. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, when a union protects a bad police officer over and over again, like that needs to end. Right. But we have so many people shouting, the police are horrible. The police Mm -hmm. are horrible. And this, 
you now have people mm-hmm. going around thinking they're a hero if they if they shoot a police officer mm-hmm. and and they fight more with police officers and and what is the result of that right it's well first of all it's tragic it's loss of life you have mm-hmm. good police officers who are leaving the force you have police officers mm-hmm. resigning you know you could forget the example that you know, sometimes racism is behind that white person thinking they have to speak up for the black person because the black person's voice can't be heard. So I, in a demeaning way, have to stand up for you. Be the rescuer. Yeah, be the rescuer for you. That's wrong in and of itself. But even to a greater degree, you see this example with injustice and the cries for injustice, but you see people not responding with love to fix that problem but more hatred just mm-hmm. turned at another person. Right. So the problem has created a much greater problem. And it all goes back to instead of lifting others up, our world wants to control, to mm-hmm. stand on top. Our sin nature has this natural bent to conquer your adversaries. Mm-hmm. And again, this is, mm-hmm. this is the enemy. This is the way the world system works. And as Christians, we can't, we can't allow ourselves to get sucked into that. You did such a good job talking through that and your message too a while back. It was just how we can't take the the actual individual part out of it. Oh, right. Yeah. Like we've been kind of told we should, you know? I think as David was just sharing there, what struck me was he used the words, you know, the sin nature. And I I really think partiality and sin, you know, Mm -hmm. these are the two that are tied together. So Mm -hmm. it's actually impossible for the world to show impartiality Mm -hmm. because of the sin nature. Right. And so the solution is like really, um, you you need a a heart just like God's to be to be impartial, to be able Mm -hmm. to show all of these characteristics that David has been speaking about. Yeah, right. you're you're totally a step ahead of me. I mean, that's exactly where we have to go with this. The first practical takeaway is, you know, this is an identity problem, um, and if you don't have your heart changed by the by the good news of Jesus Christ, repentance and faith, mm-hmm. and He hasn't made you new, you are going to have no way of doing this. Which is basically what you just said. <laughs> yeah. So um, mm-hmm. when I preached, you know, this from James two a couple of weeks ago, that first point was lift people up because showing partiality is antithetical to the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and he starts that whole chapter with the very first verse that says, "My brothers, as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, show no partiality." Mm-hmm. So it's you have to go back to how did Jesus live his life, the love that he had. And he got a lot of flack for that. You know, the I religious know. leaders hated yeah. how he treated others. Why you know? does he eat with sinners? Right. What's he doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then the and then the rest of that verse, when we go into that example, which we've already alluded to, you know, love, because when you dishonor the weak, you disregard God's grace towards you. Mm. You know, we love him because he first loved us. And we can't truly love until we experience and know the love of Jesus Christ. So again, we're we're hitting this same this mm-hmm. answer is just a reoccurring theme that comes up every time you look at this topic in scripture. And I mean, there's an example just from my own life. I remember a time when I was in college, I was a freshman actually in school and I wanted to make the basketball team really bad. This was a small college. This wasn't like I was some college basketball <laughs> standout or anything. It's intercollegiate sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, and I I had a tryout. It was with like a lot. I mean, there was, I don't know, it was like probably 80 guys tried out for this basketball team. So I was like, man, I hope I make it. Made like first three cuts. And then um, I ended up making the team. And at the same time, I got accepted to be in this play. 
but I didn't get the part that I wanted in this. And it was like some Shakespeare play. I didn't <laughs> get, awesome. I didn't get the part that I wanted. Like actually the whole freshman speech class that like auditioned for that. And we all just, <laughs> they gave us all the role of servants. And it's like, I wanted to be a soldier that actually had a couple lines. So <laughs> you were just going to sit in rehearsals forever yeah, and like, say nothing. It's like, forget nothing. this. I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm going to, be on the basketball, basketball team. <laughs> I, I made the basketball team. So I get this email, congratulations, you've been accepted. And I just wrote an email back that said, oh, thanks anyway. I'm all right. I, I'm going to pass on that. And then, you know, the next, you know, the couple hours later, I get another email back from the same person. They're like, oh, just curious why you signed up to participate in the first place. <laughs> and I was like, well, Because I'm me. a freshman and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. I, I took offense to that, to that email. Didn't really notice who I was, um, responding to. And I just fired back a very snarky, like, you know, I made the basketball team and I don't have time for this. And who do you think you are talking to me that way? It was just really ugly. I don't remember all the specifics of what I said, <laughs> but it wasn't Christ-like. It wasn't great at all. And the next day I get an email. It was from the administrative assistant from the Dean of Fine Arts. Who said, <laughs> the doctor would like to see you in his office on this day at this time. Oh, no. And I had just trash talked the Dean of Fine Arts. <laughs> and this was at, you know, this is a Christian liberal arts university. Um, and so he called me into his office. I was like shaking. I'm like, oh no, I'm going to get, I'm going to get all these demerits. I'm in so much trouble. Like I was really worried about this. I well, right, rightfully so. Like I pretty much was a jerk to I mean, him. They get expelled from yeah. his college. Yeah. I, I was very much a punk freshman. It's a real fear, real fear. And the way he handled it though was so amazing. He, he showed me grace and he showed me mercy. He sat me down and he said, Hey David, you know, I was really concerned when I got your response. You know, it's, it's okay that you're not in this play. It's, it's going to be all right. We'll, we'll get another servant. Yeah. <laughs> Literally we'll get another servant. Uh, but he's like, I was concerned when I saw that. I was even more concerned when I saw that you're studying to be in the ministry and how are you going to handle, uh, situations when you have to deal with people? Mm -hmm. Who are, who are going to be wrong. Like there's going to be mm -hmm. people who are flat out on the wrong end of it. And if you respond this way to people, you're never going to be able to have a ministry with them. Mm -hmm. uh, because what you did here showed a complete lack of concern, a lack of love. You would have ended any chance you ever have of having a ministry with that person. Mm -hmm. So I, I never forgot that clearly here I am like, you know, yeah, 10 years later, cool. I still remember I, it really changed the way I look at it, things because I, I saw that he cared for me. He wasn't just in it to mm -hmm. correct me and show me that I was wrong and, and, and give me discipline. Mm. He cared, he cared for me to become a better, better person. And he showed That's me awesome. how, mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like that is, that's just an example of the way God treats us too. You know, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. to die for us. God gave us new life. He gave us chance after chance after chance to accept Jesus Christ. Um, he sought us when we were running far from him. Like, we've all received that 
that grace where God gives us something we don't deserve. We've also Mm -hmm. received mercy where God withholds judgment from us when we actually do deserve that judgment. And that's the same thing Mm -hmm. that, that my fine arts, you know, professor showed me. So lastly there, you can see in that passage, extend mercy because it's not our place to condemn others over God's law. That's verses eight through 13 in -hmm. James two. And we are now living under the law of liberty. You know, we've all been transgressors of the old law. We're all sinners. None of us measured up. We all failed. And and if you fail once, you're guilty of all of the law of God. Mm-hmm. So I think what James is showing us there is, look, stop thinking of yourself as better than this other person. Mm-hmm. Because we're all sinners, but by the grace of God, he restores us and saves us and gives us the righteousness of Jesus Christ when we by faith put our trust in him. And we have to remember the field is level at, at the foot of the cross. And we all come to him as sinners who are in desperate need of salvation. Mm-hmm. So I think it is so easy to forget all that we've really been forgiven of, you know? Mm-hmm. And just we we love to look at others and we have an out. Like we know why we are doing this, you know? Or even if it's a sin. Like I have a reason that right. I think I'm above whatever. But... And we like to cast judgment on others for, oh, well, you did this, you know, <laughs> but while well, we're giving ourselves an out, but just looking at, man, all sin is sin too. Sin is sin is sin is sin, you know, yeah. and how you're saying, you know, love the sinner, hate your own sin. Yeah. And I mean, I, I see that with my kids pretty much every day. You know, I have, I have two sons and a daughter, my daughter's two, so she's still in that cute stage. You know, she's, she still listens when we say, oh, <laughs> Don't she's cry. Sweet. Like she's sweet enough right now. It's not going to last forever. The boys, like I, I, I'm there, you know, when, when they get picked up from school and they're just hangry and like <laughs> anything, you can't really say anything and they just get upset and they cry and they, they almost don't even have the ability to like, you know, know how to turn it on and make a wise decision. <laughs> they just have to get some food or just rest right in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> and as parents, we have to show them mercy. I, I, I don't want to spank them like 20 <laughs> times, right? Like, so, so I'm, I'm showing them mercy. And that's, that's what our Heavenly Father does for us. Mm-hmm. And when we truly grasp that and have a firm grip on like, this is what God does for me every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, that, many, many times yeah, every day. <laughs> that's when we can, that's when we can get to the place where we don't look to cast judgment on other people. Mm-hmm. We, we look to show mercy mm-hmm. and we turn into people who start living impartial lives. We're, we're not picking favorites and treating other people better. Mm-hmm. Um, we're truly looking to lift up those who need the help because we, we realize that's what Jesus did for us. Mm-hmm. And we, we see ourselves in that place as well. Thanks for joining us around the table of the Docs Dialogue today. We always like to hear from you. And the question that we have for you, you can you can respond back to this through our website, docsupstate.church forward slash podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at doxa underscore dialogue. But the question that we are going to share that we would love to hear back on is, would you describe a time when you were shown impartiality? 
How did that make you feel? Like, what were the circumstances? Just, just, just give us a rundown because I think just hearing those kind of examples from you will be helpful for us to go ahead and apply those situations in our own lives when they, when they come across our way. But thanks, Steve. Thanks, Becca. This was fun. It was a great day. Yeah, it was awesome. So this, was a, this was definitely a heavier topic. We we went a, lo- a lot into the Word of God where where we should go. We should go. <laughs> right. On, we absolutely should. <laughs> Heavy into the Word of God, which was excellent. So mm-hmm. that was fun. We enjoyed doing it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. You are loved. <laughs>